0: from high atop Rocky Road in Moab, Utah. It's KZMU News. I'm Molly Marcello. This is your news for Thursday, July 8th. The Colorado River is tapped out. It supplies 40 million people in the Southwest, but a prolonged warming and drying trend has left the nation's two largest reservoirs at record lows. For the first time, a shortage will be declared by the federal government. Luke Runyon from KUNC traveled the 1,400 miles of the river to get a sense of how those who rely on it are coping.
1: The river starts on Colorado's western slope, where father and son Wayne and Brackett Pollard run cattle. Up on a sagebrush-covered hillside, we look down into the Rifle Valley, where the men use the river's water to grow hay.
0: Typically, this would be high water, and it hasn't really come up at all.
1: No. They list off all the superlatives that come with life in the West this year. driest, hottest, lowest, worst.
0: Last year was considerably dry, maybe the driest we'd seen. And now we're looking at even drier.
1: Our springs are starting to dry up, up on the mountain and everywhere. This dry spell comes with the usual lack of rain and snow and the relentless sun. And now a hot wind has arrived. Brackett says it's like someone is pointing a giant hairdryer at his pastures.
0: It's just like sucking the moisture out even more so.
1: Nearly all of the Upper Colorado River Basin is experiencing severe drought or worse. Tributaries are running low and hot. And without enough feed, the region's ranchers are looking to sell. The pollards plan to offload about half of their cows over the next few months.
0: When You're looking at a, a serious loss of equity in, in really just rural America, in the rural West.
1: So the first
0: couple miles is going to be really choppy. Ready?
1: About 250 miles downstream, the river becomes a massive reservoir, Lake Powell, where Sherry Fasinelli and husband Randy Redford are vacationing. The reservoir fills Glen Canyon, a maze of red rock on the Colorado Plateau the lake is headed toward its lowest point since it was built. Fascinelli veers their speedboat into a side canyon. You know, places where you've boated for 20 years and gone flying over, all of a sudden now there's big islands and rocks. A stark white bathtub ring on the brick-colored walls looms over us. The record low level means its dam is generating less hydroelectric power, and it makes for a hair-raising boat ride. Plus, when the canyons get narrower, then you got to worry about other traffic more. So, it's a little more nerve-wracking. <laughs> An estimated four and a half million people visited in 2019, spending more than $420 million. But this year, several paved boat ramps no longer reach the water. So you've got the same number of visitors using fewer launch ramps. So you're gonna have longer lines, shorter tempers. Further downstream, in a Las Vegas-gated community, the Colorado River's water spurts out of a sprinkler and onto manicured grass, catching the eye of Devin Choltko, water waste investigator.
0: And there's too much water leaving the property at the moment. So we're gonna get out of the car, throw our lights on, and uh, document the spray and flow violation is what we call it.
1: Choltko works for the Las Vegas Valley Water District. She pulls out her phone to take a video of the offending sprinklers.
0: Water Waste Investigator 9393, it is Tuesday, June
1: 15th at 8.07. Grass like this recently got a death sentence. This year, Nevada declared so-called non-functional turf illegal, lawns that are only ornamental. Chultko's agency projects that nearly 4,000 acres of turf in the Las Vegas Valley will be ripped out over the next five years. Las Vegas already restricts lawns and new developments and pays homeowners to replace their yards.
0: So unfortunately, we, do, we are in a desert and grass is one of those high water use users.
1: But the Las Vegas area has kept growing during the drought, adding 315,000 people in the last decade alone. As the river keeps shrinking, demands have to shrink too. Otherwise, the whole system gets drained. Conserving now means less pain down the line, Choltko says.
0: Um, So all of these restrictions have allowed us as a community to kind of keep populating. I mean, the, the population isn't going anywhere, you know, so we have to kind of accommodate to that.
1: The coming shortage declaration means another round of steep cuts to water supplies, falling the hardest on Arizona farmers. If reservoirs keep dropping, further reductions are coming to Nevada, California, and Mexico.
0: This used to be the riverbed.
1: Near the river's end, Jordan Joaquin, president of the Fort Yumaquichan Indian tribe, stands on its banks, looking out on what used to be the start of the river's expansive delta, now just a narrow channel. So where are we standing today? If this was to be watered, this would be all covered with shrubbery, willows, cottonwood as well. So, Not far upstream, water is drawn off to serve customers in Los Angeles and Phoenix and to irrigate crops, including local ones, says tribal council member Charles Escalani. So that's why I always tease everybody when they're from back east. I'm like, when you're eating a salad in December, thank us because that's where it's coming from. The tribe's share of the Colorado is part of a century-long list of legal agreements among those who use it. But Joaquin says in the past, tribes were largely excluded. When tribes were consulted, if that's what they call it, it's at the very end. Decisions were already made. The entire watershed is gearing up for a new round of policy negotiations. Perennial questions are being made more urgent. Can the watershed adapt to climate change? How will everyone get by with less? And Joaquin says, how can river management be made more inclusive? Water is very important to us. You know, water is sacred to us. So the most meaningful thing is to be part of the negotiation at the table. Not the back table, not the side table, but at the table of discussion. Because the answers to those questions will shape life in the West for everyone who depends on the Colorado River for decades to come. I'm Luke Runyon.
0: This story is part of ongoing coverage of the Colorado River, produced by KUNC and supported by the Walton Family Foundation. Our partners at Utah Public Radio report that Utahns appear to have heeded firework warnings and decided to skip using personal fireworks over the 4th of July weekend. They say state officials reported no major wildfires over the long weekend. Governor Spencer Cox's staff says they are, quote, grateful for that. Cox has said that if he could ban fireworks across the state, he would. Republican leadership in the state's legislature refused to call a special session to do it. Instead, officials just urged Utahns to follow local restrictions. Due to extreme drought conditions and a high risk of wildfires, some cities took matters into their own hands and banned fireworks, while others like Moab City severely restricted them. There are different viewpoints on whether Utah municipalities have the ability to ban fireworks under state law. And that's the KZMU News for Thursday, July 8th. Get your community powered journalism Monday through Friday at noon and seven. You can also find KZMU News anytime online at kzmu.org or wherever you listen to podcasts.